Hello and welcome, beautiful soul, to the Co-Creating Radiance podcast, where we offer support in cultivating a harmonious consciousness. In this space, we share and discuss topics ranging from the mundane to the magical, sharing our own experiences and the evolution of our individual spiritual paths with the hope and intention of providing perspective, insights, and education. May these heartfelt conversations spark your curiosity and imagination as you uncover your soul's truth along the path of inner harmony and conscious self-expression. We are so grateful to have you with us. Please pull up a chair, grab your favorite beverage, and settle in as we dive deep. Welcome back, everyone. It is such a pleasure and honor to hold this space with you. My name is Thea, one of the co-creatrixes of this space. And of course, I am here with my dear friend, soul sister, and fellow co-creatrix, Gina. Yes, good morning. Welcome, everybody. Uh, We wanted to begin by just taking a deep breath in, like just to ground ourselves and just prepare to um, soften into this space and, and receive. So let's take a deep breath in. Inhale deeply, filling up the lungs, filling up the belly. And let it out slowly. As we settle into the space and today's conversation. So good. I wish all conversations could start like that. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's so wonderful to see you. Let's take our deep breath. (laughs) Yes, it would be such, it's an establishment of presence and what interaction or conversation would not benefit from that, Mm -hmm. you know? It's so funny because I think about, you know, when you're having a conversation and you're not communicating clearly or Mm -hmm. or your message isn't really being received. And I just picture people kind of like closing their eyes and like taking a deep breath. like, okay, let's try this again. (laughs) Here we go. Right? (laughs) Yeah, it's a game changer. Yeah, it's so good. Well, and especially with today's topic, I think a a nice deep breath and kind of settling in before diving in is is definitely beneficial. Gina and I were talking about what, you know, could we kind of do to change things up a little bit, maybe pull away from some of the more educational and perspective kind of conversation to a little bit more personal experience and just maybe reassuring those out there that if you've experienced this also that you are not alone (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I think this really kind of applies to almost every area of life almost like every stage of life Mm -hmm. but as you go Mm -hmm. you kind of feel a little bit more comfortable you get more established but when it comes to establishing spiritual connections and community I almost feel like there's a very specific set of challenges (laughs) comes Mm -hmm. along with that Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of what we're going to be exploring today as far as our own experiences and kind of what we've observed and learned through the time that we've spent working towards those connections and and establishing that kind of community. Absolutely. Yeah. So for, uh, for myself and for, if you're listening to this, you can probably resonate at least a little bit, if not a lot. Um, I 
grew up as the, and I still remain the, <laughs> um, the black sheep in my family. Um, I, yeah, just always into, um, well, definitely into the occult, definitely into uh, spirituality, definitely into yoga and everything Eastern and uh, just like coming from a very vanilla family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, always felt, um, yeah, just kind of like an outsider. Mm -hmm. um, and for a long time, as I like went through school and like cycled through different um groups of friends and through different sets of friends like people just came and went and came and went and like my heart was totally broken mm -hmm. um when I would you know express myself and um things that I was into and stuff and just like yeah being misunderstood it's like such a terrible terrible wound to carry yeah and um you know, we're all beings that are seeking connection and love and acceptance. And uh, when we're not loved and accepted for who we are, like, that's such a, it's such an injustice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, true, though. It, yeah, it really is. It hurts so much. And we, we carry that stuff. And ultimately, it does that, those negative uh, occurrences, like, ultimately end up uh, being the fuel for our practices later, mm -hmm. you know, when we embark on our journey or journeys of healing and healing ourselves and um, taking on all of the different practices and all of the different techniques and the I ideologies and philosophies. And we basically become seekers, you mm -hmm. know, because, because of this pain that we carry um, and the, the level and the depth of connection that we want to feel Mm -hmm. um because of what we've gone through and because we maybe on some level we we knew and we know that there are people who are like us and who um we could carry conversations with and who we could actually be seen by mm -hmm. um I don't feel like I found this until I was older um definitely not until like college mm. times so in my yeah my early 20s um it that wasn't yeah until I found a true a true best friend a uh, true soul sister and someone who spoke a similar language mm -hmm. to me and someone who also was the black sheep of their family <laughs> and felt perpetually misunderstood because of just her being herself you right know? yeah what was your experience like oh my gosh well I think that there I sometimes I wonder if the way that I tend to find my people as it were mm -hmm. is really mm -hmm. through kind of what you described being that black sheep those experiences of being misunderstood and kind of labeled an outcast and instead of people kind of coming and going out of my life I was the one that was kind of coming and going uh, out of people's yeah. lives you know mm. we moved around so much when I was growing up I was like really like I should have been I think the word that comes to mind the best is really a vagabond like yeah I would probably spend a year maybe a little more 
in a place. I think the longest I ever lived somewhere was maybe a year and a half. Wow. Maybe a tad longer than that. And then we were moving again. Wow. And, yeah. It was, you know, you're already going through a really delicate time in your life. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> all this started mm-hmm. like shortly after I turned 13. So you mm. are already in the pits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're at a stage in your life where your body is changing your hormones are all over the place you're trying to mm-hmm. establish your sense of self you're looking mm-hmm. for that stability where everything about you feels unstable and I just didn't have any of that <laughs> and in an ideal world I would have been able to rely on my family a little more for support and stability but very much like you I was very much on the outskirts I was Mm -hmm. the one that was willing to believe anything. I was willing to believe in magic. I was willing to believe in ghosts. I was willing to believe in the supernatural and the mystical. Mm. And Mm. because it, to me, it made more sense. It helped (laughs) the pieces together (laughs) in a world where nothing fucking made sense. (laughs) So for me, I remember there were two girls that I really ended up connecting with the, after the first big move. This was like, my parents got divorced. It was like a really traumatic time. So, so, so mm. close to my dad. And it was just really, really challenging. Mm. And these two girls, you know, one thing that I have found personally is that the people that end up becoming kind of part of my soul family, really the, that spiritual connection is there kind of Mm. that for lack of a better phrasing maybe kind of damaged kinship that that feeling of knowing the kind of pain and and grief really that you described earlier I feel like there's part of me that can sense that in other people I wouldn't Mm. be able to tell you how or what it looks like or feels like I think it's such a deep intrinsic part of me that just senses it somehow yeah there's just something about a person that I become attracted to yeah and so there were these two girls and they we instantly became like a trio oh cool (laughs) yeah and it was the first time really you because I was a really really shy kid I was really really awkward I Mm -hmm. you know had a unibrow my teeth were weird like I just had a lot of things not going for me um you know and at that age like appearances mean so much to yeah to your peers I could give two shits but to everybody else it was really a big deal kids and, are so fucking mean oh, they really can be <laughs> they really really can be I hope that yeah. the, that this generation is you know with what they are witnessing in the media and the stories of their peers you know, I think that today's youth face complicated challenges more so than we did. Because when we were growing up, you know, the internet was still kind of a baby. Like we were still kind Mm -hmm. of figuring out what all you could do with it. But now Mm -hmm. these kids are like born with it. Right. You know, they know how to navigate that shit better than I ever could. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, at least for you and I, it really was, that in-person relationship you know they I, yeah. I can't remember the name of the author but there is this book called like the five love languages or languages of love or something oh, yeah. like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know there's like words of affirmation there's gifts there's 
I don't physical touch. Yeah, I don't remember all of them, but what I've quality quality time and acts of service. Yeah, you're amazing. Thank you. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, but uh-huh. I I felt like I really didn't have um that quality time with my family because we were so mm-hmm. different because you know mm-hmm. mental health runs rampant in my family, and when I say that, I mean it runs rampant in that people are, I think, less willing to address it and receive treatment for it and be willing mm. to accept that that's part of their experience. I don't think it has to control anyone's life, but I do think if you don't acknowledge it, it definitely will. And so right. there were just like a lot of things. And so when I found these two girls, it was it was like, I felt like I was being seen mm. for like the first time. Good, and there's nothing like that. Yeah. I love that feeling. And they mm-hmm. didn't care that I had a unibrow. They didn't care mm-hmm. that my teeth weren't straight. They didn't care that I didn't care about mm-hmm. the way I looked. Mm-hmm. Just like, well, what am I going to do about it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I, I've recently been obsessed with the musical, The Greatest Showman. Mm. And uh, the anthem really of that movie is a song called This Is Me. Mm-hmm. I've heard that one. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, it gets me every time, and and like that's really the the kind of tone I tried to live within, right? And so, you know, so that was really good while I was there, but then I moved, <laughs> and it was right, you know, and when you are when you are under the driving age, when your parent isn't stable with all their efforts when mm-hmm. you know it when you have all these circumstances like you really start kind of relying on the internet and like emails yeah. and phone calls but it, it's never quite the same you know and I never moved back to that place right right so yeah it was one of those things where every place I moved I I really almost felt the need to blend in it, you know I didn't realize that I was as sensitive to energy and other people's energy really until probably my early to mid twenties. Yeah. And I know that uh, being an empath can kind of feel like the cool thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, and this is not to discredit anyone's experiences, but when you really do have that level of sensitivity it's not fucking fun it is not it's not great and there's no off switch right unless unless you turn parts of yourself off which is what I ultimately ended up doing Mm -hmm. and so really what I kind of found was I would almost like feel out the energy of the people I was around and I would try to pinpoint the people that I could most easily infiltrate <laughs> in a way because it's like you said we we don't want to be alone humans right. are are pack animals we're tribal creatures yeah we crave and thrive most of us in in that kind of community group setting right and like especially in high school who the fuck wants to be mm-hmm. alone during high school no one <laughs> there are moments to be sure but in the long run it's really really hard and if you 
do experience that isolation for that extended period of time at such a crucial point in your life, it can really, really cause you a lot of hurt in the long run. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I got really good at kind of feeling out the energy, seeing where I could infiltrate and really kind of almost trying to mold myself just enough to where I could make those connections. But very rarely were they actually genuine. I think there's one person from high school that I actually went to classes with and Mm -hmm. still keep in contact. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. And here's the thing. (laughs) She's super muggle. Mm-hmm. She really, really mm-hmm. is. She knows that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm spiritual and wacky and I do my things and she's totally fine and comfortable with it. She's like, it's just not me. She's like, I'm fine being around yeah. it. Yeah. It doesn't bug and me. That's, <laughs> that's wonderful that she has that level of acceptance, you know? Yeah. Well, she, which is why you're still friends. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, the, our first interaction, I burnt myself trying to eat a burrito on my first day at that school, burnt my hand, burnt my mouth, dropped my burrito and then the bell rang. And what she a, and she man. laughed at me. What a scene! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> you know, but I ended up laughing too because what else can you do? I'm like, I'm not gonna break down over a fucking burrito. Not today. <laughs> not today. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's not a burrito breaking down over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I I really feel like when you have had experience after experience after experience where the your authentic nature is not recognized and not accepted it's hard to let those pieces of yourself be seen after a certain mm-hmm. point mm-hmm. and i think that's part of the challenge of establishing spiritual community because so many of us have experienced that judgment or experienced that ridicule or yeah even experienced a level of rejection Mm -hmm. and so it becomes kind of like this coveted secret sacred part of yourself that you you, we kind of put each other through really rigorous tests to share with each other yeah because I remember you know we've we've shared the story of how we met at New Seasons and 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 I remember the look on your face when I asked about the stickers on your water bottle. Like there was surprise, nervousness, like this this dare to be delighted that you could talk about it, but like this like overwhelming like sense of caution of how much do I actually say? Yeah, in that break room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, because I guess I in that in that interaction in particular and in others as well, I just I um you know, I didn't I didn't know you at all and mm-hmm. I didn't know how much I didn't know how much you knew and I didn't I never wanna like inundate um someone I don't know with a bunch of information. Right. Um that they maybe that they may or may not wanna hear. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um you know. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, I did feel, I didn't, I didn't consciously think about it like that, but yeah, I guess there was a little bit of, um, uh, caution or 
just holding back a little bit because I just wasn't sure. Yeah. You know? And maybe I should, yeah. have, you know, clarify and saying it like from where I was sitting, that's what I observed. Yeah. Like that's what I witnessed. That's what I experienced, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it was, <laughs> it was one of those things you know, <laughs> where I was in the bakery. Like I had a really good shot of the front end. Yeah. And I had a really good shot of like cheese and meat was kind of back there a little bit, you know, but I, mm-hmm. I had a pretty good spot to kind of snoop. Mm-hmm. if I wanted to and mm-hmm. um so you know obviously like I'd seen you around you know yeah and yeah. I think you'd come over a couple of times to get some some yerba mate Co- and yeah or some water or what have you you know and as silly as this might sound you have the store's logo or mantra what have you is friendliest store in town and so for me naturally being a friendly person like it was really easy mm-hmm but you know there was there's certain things about certain people where it like almost flows out of you extra <laughs> <laughs> like you might have come over to get some ice and I was just like oh hon can I get you a lemon slice for that or something like you know just like, those little <laughs> extra things that seem stereotypical for for the environment that we were gonna that we were in and providing service to the community we were serving but but like in retrospect, I kind of wonder if I tend to do those things with people that I'm kind of testing the waters with. Being you know, like, mm-hmm. are they receptive to me? Mm. Are they receptive to what I'm trying to offer? So yeah, definitely. I I feel like after that moment though, like after the after the water bottle moment where you asked like, where you asked like, what deity is that? Da, da, da. And we got into like we moved past that moment or that mm-hmm. little mini that mini um that kind of initial piece, that initial like <laughs> oh my god okay like is this safe okay and then we moved past the moment mm-hmm. and we just started talking about the goddess and we started talking about Kali and I was just like okay once Kali's name was mentioned and I knew that you identified with her mm-hmm. you noticed that we just we built up a momentum around that point of commonality yeah and from that point forward, it was like, oh my God, I can trust her. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We could talk about these things that like matter to both of us. And the fact that we, um, that our hearts were both just so moved by the same, the exact same form of the goddess. Like, it's not like I was talking about Lakshmi and you were talking about Kali. It was like, we both connected on the level of mm-hmm. um, working with Kali. And like, that's so special because you don't meet a, you don't meet a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, who work with that goddess in particular, and yeah. B, just like I, I don't know, I like you can't plan this shit <laughs> when it happens. It's so div- it's so synchronistic and so divine, and and I really I have learned to appreciate those moments over and over again, just because, like I said quite literally before, like I could I could never have planned that, and look at where we are now. Because we just because we both decided to move past that moment of initial like uncertainty and and a little bit of discomfort, and we just mm-hmm. arrived. Yeah. yeah, I yeah yeah I think you hit the nail on the head when you're just like is you asked yourself like almost like is it safe? And I think mm-hmm. that is the money word safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you know, 
for so many people, their spirituality, their spiritual practice, their connection to the divine, it's so special. Mm-hmm. And so when you are willing to, you know, for some people, like sharing that would have been way past their comfort level. Like, no, 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 no. You don't get yeah. access that quick, you know. Mm-hmm. But for us, it like you said, it was kind of like that gateway. <laughs> it mm-hmm. was that initial connecting point. And, you know, in past friendships and connections that I've made with people where we can kind of tell that it's something there. I think with you and I, it's probably the fastest I've connected with someone on that level. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think back to my other connections and, and soul family members that I have, you know, in this will probably be a little bit more of a talking point as we move on, but you know, I think you and I had like, like I said, the fastest mm-hmm. connection on a spiritual level. And then that mm-hmm. kind of provided us with the foundation to learn more about each other, open up a little more. And then we established our friendship, you know, whereas for me with other folks, it's been the other way around. It's yeah. been, there's been some sort of connection still on an energetic level on a, yes, I feel safe and comfortable sharing something with you or experiencing mm-hmm. something with you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I, one example comes to mind, uh, one of my best friends, Dave, he, you know, he grew up down the street from my ex who I was with for almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. And we went to high school together and we were in choir class together, but like that was one year, never thought about him again. Well, yeah. he came home for a break from school and reconnected with my ex and I remember opening the door and he was standing there and I was just like, Hey, and he remembered me. He's just like, Oh, I didn't realize you lived here. And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Who, mm-hmm. who are you looking for? And he said, my ex's name. And I was just like, Oh, he didn't tell me you were coming. And so it was like this weird kind of connection. And then when that relationship ultimately imploded, mm-hmm. Dave and I actually really connected and bonded and helped each mm-hmm. other heal and move on from that. Cause it wasn't mm-hmm. just that, you know, my ex did something to me that hurt me. It was that my ex did something to hurt me, which also hurt Dave. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't say that with like any saying like, Oh, he did this to hurt me. I'm just saying that the action did hurt um, to the point right. where it ended the relationship, which it needed to happen. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm not complaining by any means, but mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, we kind of had that connection, not like served to us, but it, we spent a couple of years hanging out and sharing space and, and just kind of being around each other. And then, you know, as I was healing from that, I was kind of sharing with Dave, you know, cause we would check in on each other and he'd be like, you know, what exactly is it that you're doing? You know, what's going on? And I would kind of, and I would just feel safe enough to share stuff with him. Yeah. And lo and behold, he really resonated. And I was like, oh, okay. And so it was kind of like, I was rediscovering something for myself. And because I was doing that and he was supporting me in in a bigger way, he kind of got exposed. Mm -hmm. And then that provided an opportunity for him to do his own exploration 
in his own development. You know, yeah. Because he was raised Catholic and mm-hmm. dealt with a lot of guilt for things that mm-hmm. really had nothing to do with him or that were out of his control or, you know, like basically he wasn't perfect. So he felt guilty about that. Yeah. God. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'm speaking to what he shared with me. This is not meant to be like a blanket understanding for everyone who was raised in, in that tradition, but just that sense of not every belief system holds you to that level of accountability, that level of in unattainable yeah progress you know mm-hmm. so you know and I've had other friends where you know that over time that spiritual con- connection has developed like I yeah. would have an altar or I would have candles or maybe I would leave my cards out while they were there and just didn't really think about putting them away and it would like start a conversation yeah Whereas with you, it kind of felt like the conversation started with it. (laughs) Exactly, because it was already like in our wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. And I think what you're beginning to speak to and my wheels are already turning and and had been turning is like there are different um, when we are seen and when we are heard uh, in that like recognition there are different levels of that Mm -hmm. and like someone can like your friend from high school she uh she sees you she hears you she loves you she accepts you but she's not into the same thing as you are yeah so there's still that like it's like uh I don't know what you would call it but it's just something that you don't share and when like with you and I we share well, actually, we have differences in our practices, too. But because we relate on the level of uh, studying the chakra system and working with uh, Hindu deities mm-hmm. and things like that, there we see each other and speak a similar language. Mm-hmm. That's like it's like next level. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I always feel I feel even more seen and even more heard when I can relate with others about what I'm doing exactly and if they have if they dip their toe or uh immerse their whole body even into that pool of uh knowledge and wisdom Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm seen and heard on yeah just basically another level and it makes me feel even it makes me feel even more safe to open up and share more of myself when I know that we can relate and we can speak the same language on um on those kind of topics Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and you know with with a couple of my friends they've really seen my path like grow and evolve like throughout our friendship and so it's been one of those things where you know I'll get into something different or new and maybe I haven't seen them in a while and so they'll just ask like how are things going and I'll be yeah. able to elaborate as little or as much as I can or need to. Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of times what ends up happening is they will ask me questions. <laughs> they yeah. will yeah. become interested. 
or they will come across something Mm -hmm. and they will like maybe they'll send me a link or they'll ask me about a book title and yeah most of the time I don't know (laughs) but I think being able to you know I feel like there's a level of vulnerability on both sides in that instance Mm -hmm. because in the first place you're coming to someone with something that you're curious about or interested in and you don't have to worry about that sense of rejection or that sense of guilt even right right like that sense of like ooh, I'm doing something I'm not supposed to no (laughs) yeah (laughs) that doesn't exist you know right because it's just not part of the equation that's not part of the relationship and then the other part is being able to say you know what I've never heard of that or you know I'm not familiar with that author but you know if you want help looking into it or just even just being able to say like, you know, I'm not sure, but if your gut's telling you something, just go with it. Like having that validation and that encouragement, I think is invaluable. Yeah. Cause I think for so many of us, especially when we're starting out and we're doing our exploring and we're trying to find that little niche, if you will, that it's, it's a big wide world. You know, and I think back to people a few, even a few decades ago, you know, who didn't have the internet, who really had to rely on books or being at the right place at the right time to meet someone and Mm. really almost kind of going blindly in, in their search for connection that in a way we don't really have anymore. Yeah. And just that sense of, you know, for me, sometimes when, you know, this doesn't happen as often as it used to, which is all good, because to me, that means that they're the people that I connected with who were coming to me with those questions. And I think they came to me mostly because they just knew that I was into that stuff. And I was like, I don't know that they were necessarily looking for an answer. They just knew that I was safe to ask. (laughs) Right, right. And, you know, they, that doesn't really happen anymore. But just that sense of, and like, I'm not going to feel any, I'm not going to receive any sense of retribution by yeah, yeah, acknowledging that this is an interest or that I have a curiosity about this. Yeah, yeah. I think that is something that I still treasure. You know, occasionally one of my friends will... I think I get asked about stones probably more than anything else, which cracks me up because <laughs> I am not a stone expert by any stretch of the imagination. I have. Oh, but you, you have so many. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I have quite the collection at this point, but you know, I have some stones that I don't even know what they are. Yeah. I have mystery yeah. stones. Oh, cool. <laughs> you know or yeah you know I think you can probably relate to this um I'll get asked like oh what's a good stone for this or oh what yeah like what's a good (laughs) yoga pose (laughs) yeah I know I totally yeah we become uh yeah we become resources for people Mm -hmm. um just by being into like what we're into um and I think that that's really cool like even if you don't have that like what we were talking about before, like even if you don't have that, uh, 
that level of connection where you're speaking like the same language and you're being seen in that deeper way, you can still be like a, a resource for others who um, are opening themselves up and kind of dipping their toe into this world. And that's cool because they likely don't have anybody else that they can <laughs> talk to about this stuff, yeah. um, whatever it is. And the fact that uh, that you and that that for myself and for those of you listening out there, you're probably resources for people um, who are just looking to break out of, you know, the mm-hmm. world of convention and um, I don't know how else you would say that just like normal quote unquote normalcy yeah you're (laughs) you're going beyond what maybe is has been expected of you we've talked about this in the past you know in my household I was expected (laughs) to follow a very uh, Judaic path and I was expected to do x y and z and I didn't really do those things yeah and that was hard not doing those things. But at the same time, I couldn't really force myself to do it. But it's interesting because once I was kind of out on my own and I was doing my own thing, as much as I wanted to reach out, I couldn't really make myself do that either. (laughs) Yeah. You almost get conditioned to being by yourself. Yeah, yeah. And there's, um, with respect to deeper, deeper practices and things that are more personal to you, like there's a reason why, you know, that you keep certain things to yourself, mm-hmm. because when sometimes when you share certain experiences um, that you have in like meditation or uh, X, Y, and Z, you know, once you speak, uh, once you speak about those things, they begin to lose their energy and their potency. Right. Um, so it's yeah it's a tricky it's a tricky balance with respect to like what do you share and what do you not share mm-hmm. um with um with certain people um definitely yeah definitely yeah. you know and i remember i think we talked about this a little bit when we were in our conversation about the divine feminine how mm-hmm. there were you know you can go on facebook right now and put <laughs> in spiritual group into the search bar and you will literally be taken to a list of literally thousands of groups and part of me thinks that groups are awesome and part of me thinks that feels like groups perpetuate a negative stereotype yeah yeah and part of the challenge with groups especially nowadays is that it feels like so like these groups are so well established there's literally hundreds of members Mm-hmm. And, you know, and whether they're active or not, the ones that are have already, like I said, kind of established that relationship with others. Right. And so it's like, you almost have to go in and show up and hope people are willing to accept you. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the, the you know, teenage experience all over again. Mm. Yeah. Which is really, really hard, you know, and, and I feel like, Gina, you're in a little bit of a better position being in a city like Portland, where, you know, the 
town freaking slogan is keep Portland weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, they are not in short supply. And I don't think they're in short supply anywhere necessarily. But I do think in a lot of instances, there's a a challenge to feel accepted and to kind of like find your individuality, but also be yeah. able to find that group that you know you feel seen and supported by. I remember when my husband and I were moving down, like I was not on board with moving to Southern Oregon in the beginning at all. I was like, hell no, I don't want to do this. We figure something out because, you know, I had spent so long cultivating the relationships I had. And I, you know, and I had groups of physical people that I would spend time with, that I would do ritual with that I would Mm. connect with, that I would spend time with. And Mm. for me, that was the hardest part about moving. Moving itself, I've got that in the bag. No worries. On average, I have moved once a year, maybe once every 16 months for more than half of my life. I am not afraid to move. But the idea that I was leaving behind something that I had worked so hard to cultivate yeah was so hard yeah it was really really challenging and you know obviously it's different now because we have things like instagram we have things like facebook we have things like zoom where you can do video calls and whatnot but you know so it's different than when i was moving and i was like 14 15 years old Mm. you know those connections are still able to be maintained I would argue more easily than they were 10-15 years ago mm-hmm. but it's you know like I said for me that quality time is really important for my relationships yeah. and so yeah. what I've had to almost do is just redefine the way I view quality time mm. but yeah it's it's not easy trying to establish connections I remember when I was living in Portland and this was before I met my husband but there is a druid group that would meet in in I believe the place they meet has a Portland address obviously they're not meeting right now because of everything going on with COVID but they would have um, gatherings for the eight Mm -hmm. holidays of the pagan wheel of the year and I remember going and hoping that I would feel a sense of connection with these people and they're all very welcoming and very nice but I think sometimes you know you get so there's such a deep longing for connection that you almost like throw yourself out there a little too hard (laughs) Mm, yeah yeah and you know there's I remember going a couple of times and you know these people are people that are probably have had similar experiences to yourself. You're a stranger at the event that they're holding and they're glad to see you and they're glad that you're there, but they might not be ready and willing to like get coffee with you. <laughs> right. Or like if it's, if this group is already established, you know, that there are members within that group who it's like, I don't want to use the word clickish, but mm-hmm. it's like, there are already connections made in that group that, uh, have been yeah just they've had more time together and Mm -hmm. 
um, probably had just like separate conversations that have drawn them closer together. And mm-hmm. as the newcomer, um, it's hard to just dive in because yeah, you want to be recognized. You don't want to be on the outskirts of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. And and to their credit, this group also um, would hold, I want to say monthly like just community gatherings, they would go to like a local coffee shop or like a McMinimins or something. And mm-hmm. you'd be able to just like hang out and chat, get something to eat, get something to drink and just share space. And so it was a little more of a relaxed environment to try and nurture and cultivate those kinds of relationships. So that's, I, I want to be clear in that, you know, it's not like I felt rejected by them in any no. way, shape or form. You know, of course I, not. I think that they were doing everything in, a very respectful and beautiful manner you know their their celebrations were always potluck style and it was like donation based so you know they really did try to cultivate that sense of community yeah I think I think sometimes what the challenge is because I think sometimes people you know and myself included I'm just as guilty of this kind of hope and even borderline expect that your connection on a spiritual level will carry your relationship through on a human to human level. Mm. And I think, don't think that's always the case. Yeah, sure. I think you and I got lucky and, in, in that we kind of like found each other in a way. Um, yeah. Thank you, Kali. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, you know, there there have been plenty of instances, you know, like New Renaissance Bookstore up in, I think they're in Northeast Portland. You know, Northwest, yeah. Oh, Northwest. Thank you. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been yeah. a hot minute since <laughs> I've been up there. Hey, girl. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they like, they have all these workshops and they have all of like mm. these, like they do fairs and stuff. And so they do a lot to try and cultivate that sense of community. And it's a great place to meet people. But it's another instance where I found that, at least for me personally, having that spiritual connection, that spiritual foundation, it's not, it's not a guarantee. Right. Right. And I think that's sometimes how we get discouraged. It's like, well, if I can't connect with you on like the most, maybe the most important thing in my life, how am I supposed to connect with you? Right. Well, and also just because I think you bring up a good point is that uh, just because you're into similar things, it doesn't, it, yeah, it's like you're saying, it's not always a guarantee that, oh my God, we're going to be like best friends and this this dynamic is going to last and yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. There are just... Mm, I feel like with how things work, it's just like there are timelines and um, uh, soul contracts, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, And just like, yeah, there are things that have expiration dates and there are things that aren't aren't supposed to happen at all. But maybe you were just supposed to be in that that community's um, orbit for a little while and you know you get to interact with different energies mm-hmm. even if there isn't a deep level of recognition or wholehearted acceptance mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah well I think some of what 
and tell me if you relate to this. I think some of what like I'm starting to recognize more is almost like this spiritual wound of persecution. Like this, mm. well, they didn't accept me because of, you know, I don't practice the exact same way they do. Or they don't accept me because I don't have a matron and patron deity, which was a really big thing mm. that I saw in the pagan community. And I never really had those things. There were some deities and forms of the god and the goddess that I worked closely with. Mm-hmm. But never to the point where I was just like, yep, these are my ride or die. You know, I yeah. just, <laughs> you know, I never really felt that. Yeah. And so I think there's sometimes this fear of being too different or not similar mm. enough. Yeah. And so some, we might fall into the trap of trying to adjust ourselves to get accepted and then slowly try to for lack of a better phrasing like show our who we really are like underneath Mm. all of Mm. all of that work of of trying to become accepted and then cross our fingers to see what happens definitely I you know for for all the challenges and and struggles that I feel like I have endured as far as like establishing community and and spiritual connections I do feel like I've actually been really really lucky yeah because the people that I that I do count as members of my soul family they are my ride or die Mm -hmm. my really good friend Alex she has two little girls they're both Gemini (laughs) dear god like she showed me a picture of their (laughs) of their natal charts overlapping and it literally makes a fan star like the seven point star wow never seen anything like that in my life and I just remember looking Uh at her and being like you call me (laughs) (laughs) you mean anything she's she's on the cusp of uh, Aquarian and Pisces so I think she's gonna do just fine she's an incredible mom Mm. but you know like we all have these things in our lives you know now I'm four hours away from from a lot of my connections you know and especially everything with COVID I'm much more weary about traveling and Mm. you know spreading you know whatever might be going on down here and up there and vice versa and so it's you know the the connections that I have made and the relationships that I have established they're strong Yes. And, yeah. and they are reliable um, on more than just one level. Right. And I think sometimes that's another trap that we can fall into is if I have it on one level, then that's enough. Or if I have it on one level, then I must have it on all levels. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a matter of like accepting, accepting things where they are and that things are and relationships are as they should be and that ultimately everything is subject to change and as we move through different seasons of our lives you know those people those connections that are in there that are deep that have stood the test of time mm-hmm. um they they will be there and they will flourish um or take take distance accordingly and it's not we understand that it's not personal yeah um because that level of 
connection and trust and safety um all those things have been established mm-hmm. so yeah yeah and mm-hmm. just really quickly on the flip side there have definitely also been instances where you know I remember having a little studio apartment in near downtown Salem when I was mm-hmm. in yeah my early to mid-20s and I it was part of a sectioned off basement in a hundred year old house that had been converted into apartments. So I literally called it my hobbit hole. Ah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I had my ulcer up. I had a tapestry up that was of the wheel of the year, like right in my entryway. And I remember having people over and just being like, Oh yeah, really quick before you come in, just heads up. You're going to see a couple of things. Cause there was really no place to hide them. You know, it's not like I could like, kick them into my living room and not have them see the things because it was all like one space mm-hmm. and I remember a couple of people being like do you like do you spells like do you like levitate <laughs> do you, do you take peyote like like all these like really weird like cliche things and like don't get me yeah. wrong for for the for someone who's never encountered those things before I I don't pass judgment like you know yeah when you don't have anything else your mind goes to the cliche things because that's what you yeah because that's what you have <laughs> right right and I actually remember <laughs> not not to get super lewd but I also remember having a couple of of gentlemen over not at a time one at a time um <laughs> and being like yes. just like you're gonna see some stuff but don't worry like I'm not gonna hurt you kind of a thing um <laughs> <laughs> and then thinking it was like super exotic or whatever and so like having that aspect of me being like something that was like intriguing and mysterious and then once they realized that it like really wasn't anything like over the top being like oh well that was fun thanks bye uh-huh. which is fine because that's that's the place I was in my life I'm just like I got what I wanted from you you're good to go thank you bye-bye um <laughs> <laughs> you know but there were also a couple of them were that they like they had questions like they genuinely wanted to know and so you know I would tell them or Mm. I would try to educate them or show them examples or whatever or maybe they wanted to hold one of my tumble stones or whatever I'm just like I'm gonna smudge it after you leave so like it's fine um (laughs) but you know where it's kind of you you want to be seen and recognized and honored and I think for at at the core of it, or at least like the kind of beginning stages, like you just want to be seen. You just want to be recognized. And yeah. in a way that's not so drastically opposed or different. Like you you want to be seen and recognized, but you also want to be like recognized and seen as like, yeah, I'm I'm human too. Yeah. There like not that there's nothing special about me, but there's nothing, you know. Like these, these things don't separate us. Right. On a deeper level. Hmm. So it, I feel like I've kind of experienced it both ways where, you know, I've been recognized and observed on a surface level by, by peers in the spiritual community, but also by maybe the more run-of-the-mill mundane individual mm-hmm. like peers. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just an interesting dynamic. Yeah. You know, and it's so funny because my husband's super muggle. 
I remember I, <laughs> I took him to New Renaissance on our second date and I was just like, this might be overwhelming because if you've been to New Ren, it's flipping huge. Like it's insane how big mm-hmm. it is, you know, and then they have their mm-hmm. separate event space. It's, it's really incredible. And I told him just like, it's like, it always smells like incense and candles when you walk in. Mm-hmm. And the essential oils are near the door and, you know, I'm not going to be into everything that you see in this store, but like it gives you a good general idea. Because, <laughs> you know, on our first date, I told him, like, this is who I am and this is not going away. And if it makes you uncomfortable or if you don't like it, well, thanks for dinner. Good luck to you. Mm-hmm. Which he worked out well for me. He's totally fine with it. He's like, it's just he, his, what he told me, he's like, it's just not really at the top of my priority list. Yeah. respect spirituality hasn't always been on the top of my priority list there are even days now where it's not the top of my priority list yeah but you know took him in and um took him kind of through the store and led him upstairs to where they had all the statuary and the fountains and the wind chimes and stuff and sitting mm-hmm. him down on one of the benches and just being like how you doing <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know and again we're married so obviously he was fine but that I think what I've learned through everything is you know I don't need to be with my like I don't always need that active acceptance if that makes sense like I don't know that I'm explaining it very well But, you know, I don't always, I don't need that constant reassurance from the people in my life that, that the life that I live and and the beliefs that I hold and the experiences that I've lived are validated. Hmm. I think for me, it's that quiet, calm, almost unspoken level of, I see you as a person. Mm-hmm. and I know that those aspects are are part of your person mm-hmm. but they're not you're def- you know you're not defined as a person by those things and I think for a long mm-hmm. time I did utilize my my spiritual path and my spiritual identity as my identity because mm-hmm. I kind of felt like I didn't have anything else I felt like yeah. I needed something yeah that resonates big time yeah yeah <laughs> mm. it, it's kind of funny to me that we're kind of we're having this conversation as we're we're wrapping up summer and we're heading into the the dark time of the year when you know these themes of mm-hmm. are kind of being highlighted granted mm-hmm. it's mostly through the media and through consumerism but <laughs> <laughs> welcome to america but you know yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know i think we're we're kind of heading into a time of the year where people just whether by design or by by just natural instinct are they seek it out more they're more comfortable with it yeah. And and granted it might be through a very diluted lens. But I think, mm-hmm. you know, we all start out that way for the most part. 
Yeah. Yeah. We, we take things in the doses that we can handle. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It'd be interesting to see how things continue and how things evolve and unfold. And for anyone who's listening, if there's, you know, if you've had specific experiences that are different, I know I would love to hear about it. Love to hear yeah. how the the way your connection and community to those around you has changed and evolved and mm. kind of where you've settled. Because I remember there were folks that would make these connections online and those were their, the strongest that they have, you know? Right. Because there's literally, as, as weird as it might sound, there's like really no room for that lack of, you know, there, there's no room for that, that judgment. Mm-hmm. I, think it's, yeah. I think it can be freeing if you let it. Definitely. Yeah. And, and for anybody out there, I mean, if you're really resonating with what we're talking about here, and if you feel like just with everything going on in the world right now, and that has been going on um, since the earlier part of this year, just know that um, that whether or not you feel connected or whether or not you feel validated or seen, that whatever, whatever practices um, you're taking on right now and whatever, whatever you're doing that is like lighting you up and that's helping you to stay balanced and peaceful and, mm. um, and also like doing your, your shadow work, you know, like mm. with everything that is surfacing during this time, um, that as long as you are staying true and, and doing your work, um, and clearing yourself mm. and opening up to the possibility of receiving, receiving these connections, um, that you will, you will magnetize, um, what you are seeking to you. Absolutely. Um, and that by virtue of being yourself and engaging in all of the, the things that light you up, you will be surrounded by the people you're meant to be surrounded by mm-hmm. and validated and, and get everything that, that you need, um, from, from those kinds of deeper, um, more fulfilling connections with others. So if you don't have it now, um, I think my message is to just continue to fill your own cup and to um, just trust that things move in divine alignment and with divine timing. And that if you don't have it now, it's all good. Just stay focused and and stay close to what matters to you and to your heart Mm -hmm. yeah I would agree 100 percent 100 percent yeah so that concludes today's episode everybody if you want to learn more about us you can visit our individual instagram accounts um gina.redondi and Theolin13. You can also reach us with comments and questions through our email, ccradiancepodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Um, Gina has also started an amazing Patreon with 
lots of really great offerings. If you haven't checked it out yet, I fully encourage you to. I'm going to say it right this time. It's Blue Sky Mind. That's right. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, www.patreon.com um, backslash Blue Sky Mind. It's so. fantastic. Again, I fully encourage everyone to check it out. Tune in with us next time. We're going to be sharing survival stories of our Saturn return. Which oh, I yeah. gotta be honest, <laughs> I know that I'm technically out of it, but this year has made me wonder if this isn't some sort of sad return part two. <laughs> I feel the, the exact same. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, like it's it's like an extended um, episode. Like you remember Lord of the Rings? Um, Peter Jackson didn't want to do re- director's cuts because he felt like that was really just not. I think he said it was like felt selfish or something. He's just like, no, they're extended versions. This is Saturn Return extended version. Part two is not yes. supposed to be for another 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, take good care. Thank you so much for joining us here at Co-Creating Radiance. May you find Radiance where you least expect it. We will see you all next time. Yes, absolutely. Blessings.